0: One vote can make a government. That's why they removed names from the list, as my vote can also remove the government. Noor Jahan Khatun is a domestic worker in India's capital, New Delhi. She's voted before, but this year she's mysteriously missing off the voter lists. And there are many, many others like her. Some say up to 120 million.
1: These aren't, like, new voters or people who forgot to register. These are people who voted from the same address for several elections, and suddenly their names aren't there.
0: Faiz Gmail has been covering India's massive elections for Al Jazeera. It's a huge undertaking. There are 900 million eligible voters, and it takes seven weeks. The whole country votes in phases, And this is what Faiz learned. Many of them are getting to the polls, voter cards in hand, and being turned away even people who have voted for years.
1: We met another man. He runs a uh, non-profit. His name was uh, Mumtaz Najmi. I've been on
0: the voter list there for many years. 18 years I've been voting there. But I had some doubt, so I checked the list from my family, and four of our names are missing, including mine.
1: By the time he did find out about it, it was too late for him to go and try to re-register his name. And so him and his three other family members weren't able to vote.
0: I'm Malika Bilal, and this is The Take, where we talk to Al Jazeera correspondents about one big story every week. This week, why are so many people missing from the voter rolls in the world's largest democracy? This year's election is being seen as a referendum on the Bharatiya Janata Party. That's led by Prime Minister Narendra Modi. Modi won big in 2014, and he's overseen a boom in the economy. But he's also divisive. Hate crimes are on the rise, and minority groups say Modi's government is failing to protect them. They feel they're not fully included in the economy or in society. And now, many are afraid their votes are also under threat. Help us make sense of this. How is it that someone like Noor Jahan or Mumtaz could have voted before, and yet when it comes to this election, they can't? What's going on?
1: Well, that's the interesting thing, Malika. We're not exactly sure. There have been questions made to the Election Commission, and they haven't been able to answer that either. Now, there are some reasons why this could have happened. Uh, This could just happen through bureaucracy. Uh, In the southern state of Telangana, they have been removing uh, names, duplicate names, uh, from the electoral list, because... Sometimes people have several variations of their name. There could be a letter missing or two names are combined into one. That's not uncommon at all in India. So in the process of deleting some of those duplicate names, they delete all the names. And those people have complained that now they can't vote at all. They have to go through a whole re-registration process. And anyone who knows anything about Indian bureaucracy, it's very cumbersome to say the least. Even uh, Rahul Dravid, who's a very famous cricketer, he one of his things he does is now a public goodwill ambassador for the Election Commission. Together, let's play a fair game to make democracy win. Say yes to ethical elections. Cast your vote to make democracy win. He found out recently that his name is off the uh, electoral list as well. And he missed voting as well this time.
0: So what's happening here? How easy is this to do? How easy is it to actually take someone off the voter list.
1: We could do it right now if we had a computer in front of us. A friend of mine was asking me about this and I actually went online and I showed him how to do it. You know, we almost removed his name from the voters list because it's just that easy to do. Oh my gosh. You go to one website and go find out who can vote at a particular polling booth. And you have those people's names and their registration numbers. Then you can go on the Election Commission website. You can fill out something called Form 7. Form 7 is supposed to be used in case, you know, somebody moves to another location, or someone then becomes deceased, you remove their name off the voters list. But one thing is happening is that the Election Commission is grossly understaffed. So what we're finding is not all the time, but many times, too many times, they get the they get a form 7 they show these people's names have been uh, submitted to be removed and they just remove them without any verification if you're from a certain party and you know that there's a certain group that won't vote for you let's say it's dalits the low caste hindus considered used to be called untouchables and you know they're not going to vote for you for whatever reason. So you can go online and find a typical uh, last name in northern India. And you can remove everyone with a name. And if they can't vote, that's going to help you out. Uh, same we're finding with a lot of Muslims as well. You find someone with the last name of Muhammad or last name of Khan, and you remove all those people, that could help your particular parties. But we're also finding that even with upper caste Hindus as well. We're finding that with Christians. So it's really affecting a large number of people, but Muslims and Dalits seem to be the ones most affected.
0: And so what do people say when you ask them why they thought this was happening?
1: Mumtaz believes it's a government conspiracy.
0: This government was formed in 2014. And since then, they have initiated multi-directional efforts to stay in power. One of the ways they did this is when the government had any doubt about a voter or thought they voted against them or didn't vote at all, their names would vanish from the voter list.
1: He says that there seems to be, you know, minorities, mostly Muslims and Dalits. These are the ones who seem to be primarily affected, although people from all strata of uh, life have been affected by this and are missing from the electoralists.
0: Okay, hang on for a second because I want to give everybody some context here. Muslims and Dalits living in Hindu-majority India say they've been oppressed for decades.
1: Members of the Dalit caste face discrimination in every facet of life.
0: Their literacy rates are low. Their unemployment and poverty rates are high.
1: Dalits make up 16% of the Indian population, but they control, we're told, only something like around 5% of the country's resources.
0: The list of grievances is long and growing.
1: The government's own data shows that communal violence went up 28% in the years immediately after Modi was elected. The entire community is treated as untouchable which you can see in every village. You can't expect them to compete with other members. Vigilante mobs have viciously attacked and even beaten people to death on suspicion of dealing in cow meat. Victims are mostly Muslims or Dalits, lower caste Hindus.
0: So these groups already have it tough. And then not being able to vote, that makes them even more vulnerable. So Faiz, is this why many people are finding it hard to believe this is an accident? There are activists and researchers who say this is voter suppression. Have you found any evidence of that?
1: Well, we're in the process of finding it right now, because one thing is we're limited on what information we can get from the government and election commission. But the fact is we're finding people all over the country who are saying this is happening to them. Is this discrimination or is this incompetence? Should it be that easy? That's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. And definitely, it shouldn't be that easy. One thing is we found out from um, activist people working to get people on to the voters list or back onto the voters list, saying there should be some type of security feature. And they said one thing is even having a one time password sent to your mobile device, because that would be a verification on who is making these requests too. And if they find it's one number making several requests, that could be a red flag.
0: So has the government, and specifically the Election Commission of India, have they responded to these accusations at all? Have they said anything? Any indication that they're hearing people's complaints?
1: Well, they did give us a delayed response that they don't believe that this is an issue. They believe that this is something that's being exaggerated. And they're saying that voters should actually be checking their names on the electoral list before they vote. But the problem with that is nobody does that. And really, why should they? If someone has a voter's card and they're registered to vote, they should be able to go in any democracy, go to the polling booth and cast their vote. That's what they expect.
0: But you found that there are people who are taking things into their own hands and trying to find solutions that work for the people in their communities.
1: Well there's several activists there doing everything from filing court claims to filing appeals to tribunals to try to get people's names on for various reasons. Uh, specifically about the missing voters, uh, we spoke to this one gentleman. His name is uh Khalid Saifulah. Keep track of things.
0: We have seen that the names get missing. My main concern is how can we get them back into the system? Only
1: he was uh, you know uh, late 30s uh, software engineer. You know, kind of a quiet guy, typical person who's a software engineer from whom I've met. But he's very passionate about this. And this came about from the last couple of elections. He noticed people's names were missing and he decided, you know, everyone always talks about it. What can I do about it? What skills do I have? So that's where he got the idea. He said, I can make an app. And what you can do is you you can can
0: go and search with your number and name, whether your name is present in the voter list or not.
1: And if they're not, click on
0: camera button. Camera will get activated. They'll take the voter uh, card in hand, click on submit button, save, and click on submit.
1: And a volunteer will then do the process uh, necessary to get their name back on. And in case someone, you know, smartphones are widely available in India, but in case someone doesn't have that or there's an issue with their documents, they can send a volunteer who will come, scan their documents, and take care of the issue like that as well.
0: We are not paying a single pay to volunteer. The entire project is up volunteering
1: which can help even people who may be illiterate or maybe whose people whose english isn't their first language or they struggle with it and one thing is for this app as well you have to log in with your phone number too so that the app can't be abused so they really thought this through on what can we do to make it easy for people to get onto the voters list and get their vote in the ballot box which is a great thing because we don't have any such app or method from the government, but this is somebody just on their own time with a small army of volunteers behind them doing this.
0: That's incredible when, when civil society steps in. What do you think that this issue says about identity politics in India in general? Is that too broad of a question or do you think that's fair here?
1: I think it's fair. It is quite broad, though, because one thing identity politics, as much as India has progressed in their economy, in their technology, you know, they still have a lot of rooted issues on who you are, what's in the name, what's your name. That counts for a lot, too. I can tell you for myself, uh, having an Arabic last name, Jamil, Uh, There's many places, even in a city like New Delhi, I couldn't rent from because they said, oh, he's a Muslim. We don't want to rent to a Muslim. So those kind of things are still inherent. There are still low caste Hindus, Dalits who can't go into a temple. They are still uh, a minority in civil service, in the police service. So it's still still happening, unfortunately. We we see India and even Indians see themselves progressing. And when you ask them about the caste system, many people say, oh, it's not as big a deal anymore which is somewhat true. But then you ask anyone who's part of a minority group, they'll say, oh, hell yeah, it's still a big deal to us, because we're still being affected by it, even in our day to day lives. And the election is just a a reminder every five years of where our place is in this country.
0: Right. And, And how much of this do you think is just the way things are in India? And how much of it is because of the BJP, which is in power now? Or did we also see these kinds of accusations when the opposition, the Congress party, was running things?
1: It's a little bit of both. Even under successive Congress governments, you know, who claim that they always tried to fight this discrimination, it still routinely happened. And we did find a lot of Congress politicians who were guilty of discrimination against different castes and different religions as well. What's happened, with, though, with the BJP, their public slogans have been, uh, you know, we are taking everybody with us everybody's support for everybody's growth that is our goal
0: these are not idle words this is the spirit and dna of our work culture
1: but unfortunately you know we have seen since they took power there's been an increase in discrimination Uh, against minorities, there's been attacks against minorities have gone up. We've even had instances where some leaders of the BJP, uh, Menika Gandhi, even said, you know, Muslims don't vote for us, so why should we do anything for you guys?
0: If my victory comes without the support of Muslims, I will not feel good about it. Then, when a Muslim comes to me for a job, I think, why bother? How does it matter?
1: You know which you know did file lead to some complaints, but some people did see that as a truth that Muslims, many of them, don't vote for the BJP. So it's something that's always existed there, but it seems in this government, the organs of uh, democracy and the organs of government that are supposed to take care of these issues are just kind of being shut down or just actively being told to ignore these things. And that's a feeling that's given by a lot of Muslims and a lot of Dalits in India that the last five years, while these things have always been there, they've become. I'm somewhat worse. It's easy to get lost in India's democracy. We kind of look at it from abroad as being, oh, a big shiny example that this is the largest democracy on earth. But it's a very young democracy as well. It's a democracy that's really trying to find its footing because of so many people. It's hard to keep track of anybody, and it's really easy for some people to get left behind. And like in many things, it's usually the people who are poor or in disadvantaged communities who get left behind the most. So in many times, these are minorities such as Muslims, such as low caste, Hindus could be just oh it's 120 million but out of 900 million that's still a pretty big number and if it's a certain number of people certain groups of people it makes it even worse for those people who are already feel that they face discrimination they face more hardship in the country
0: and that's the take this episode was produced by Priyanka Tilve and Alexandra Locke, with Morgan Waters, Nay Alvarez, Dina Kispe, and me, Malika Bilal. Saf Samuel was a sound designer. Natalia Aldana is a social media producer. Graylin Brashear is Al Jazeera's head of audio. Special thanks to Faiz Jamil, Nalanjan Chowdhury, Tabish Talib, Andy Coombs, and Anade Situma. We'll be back next week.